Hey, welcome to the Outside Church in Port St. Lucie, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. If you thought you were here to watch a show, you are sadly mistaken. This is not the Sunday of last. The Sunday of last is in the past. Today is a new day. Today is a new day of blessings. Today is a new day of honor. Today is a new day of worship. Today is a new day of praise. Today is a new day to lift up the name of God. If you thought you were praising him last Sunday, you are sadly mistaken. Is there a church that can lift him up? There's something that can that can make you move. Is there something that can make you shout? Is there something that you, can make you stomp your feet and clap your hands? Is there something that can make you shout the name of Jesus? Then you're in the right place. You are in the right place, in the right house at the right time for the right word. Blessings upon blessings upon blessings. You may be seated for just a moment. Just a moment. We'll get to our exercise here in just a moment. But I, I, I bless you. I thank you for joining us. For everybody who's watching online, thank you for joining us. For everybody who's listening on podcast, thank you for joining us. You could have been anywhere else but you chose to be in the presence of God. What a mighty move of God in that worship. It just makes you want to keep going on and on and on. And I thought the pastor was going to keep, I thought the pastor was just going to take over the sermon and just go with it. But you know what? God has other plans. So he still has me here. (laughs) Amen to that. Now, I know on social media, they put the, 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 the topic as win the race. Win the race. But before we win a race, we have to run the race. Can you say with me, run the race? Say it one more time, run the race. Now, it, it was a few weeks ago, August 24th to be exact, so probably over a month ago, that I was given this sermon topic. They said, Pastor Jose, in a text message, we need you to speak on run the race. And I didn't know what I was going to say. But you know what? When God's in control, you don't even have to worry about what's going on. He's going to take it over. He's going to speak. It's not going to be me. It's going to be his word. When God is in control, anything can happen. So as I I went out to the backyard of my, my house, and I was contemplating on what run the race means to me and what God is going to say to the people on this day. And, and it was just after 7 p.m., and I started to look up into the sky. I saw the moon. Now, the sky, there was still some daylight in the sky, but the moon was out. There was like a half moon. And, and, and I started to look at the moon. Now, if, if you can't see it on social media or on podcast, right behind me is a screen. Most of it is blue, but there's a little white dot in that, that picture. And that's a half moon. That's the same moon that I was looking at at that particular time of the night. And so I, I just simply had to take a picture of it. And as I took a picture of it, I started to ask God, why am I looking at this moon? Why is such a clear sky? After 7 p.m., and I'm, I'm, I'm looking up, and I see this moon, this half moon in the sky. And he began to speak to me. And, and he says that this was a, I'm not the only person looking at this moon. I'm not the only person who ever saw this moon. I'm sure everybody here, everybody who's watching, everybody who's listening has seen the moon at some point or another. Amen to that? I was, I was looking at the creation, what God had placed right there at the right moment, at the right time for me to look at. And then he, he spoke on run the race. And he says, before I even looked at this moon, before I even put my eyes onto it, throughout the creation, throughout the beginning of time, there have been many, many people 
who have looked at this same moon, perhaps in the same particular way, and I've thought to themselves, what does God have for me in my life? And, I, and as I kept to contemplating, and I kept contemplating, and I kept thinking about those who came before us, who may have said the same thing, those people that God used and fulfilled their destinies that he, he had laid out for them, those who faith in God carried them through the difficult times, through the hard times, for, for those who, who God carried through when they were weak, for those whose faith in God carried them to a greater purpose. Their lives served to witness to us here today. Each one of those people left a legacy, a legacy in their faith to God when they ran the race. So that's when we get to our sermon topic today, run the race. Now, there were those who have run the race before them and those who have fulfilled their destinies, but they ran their race. Now, that's going to take us to our our, our, our anchor for today, our, 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 our word for today. So if you have your Bibles with you, your Bible apps, if you have a pen and paper, write it down. If you're at home, write it down, open up your Bibles. If you, just for a moment, for one more moment, just stand with me so we can read this portion of the word in reverence. And we're going to be turning to Hebrews 12, verses 1, 2, and 3. Hebrews 12, verses 1, 2, and three. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit we read this. You may have your seats. Now, there's three things out of the, these block of verses, out of these three verses that we're going to be talking about today. There's three things. So we're going to go ahead and get into it. We're going to talk about the first one. It's called faith. Everybody say faith. Faith. In that very first portion of verse one, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And then I stop right there and I said, who are we talking about? What? is a great cloud of witnesses, then God reminded me it's those people that he put into my mind when I was staring at the moon. It's those people who came before us, those people who are the witnesses, who left a legacy, who, who left something for us as, as the church progressed, as the church grew, as the word spread. It is those people who are those cloud of witnesses. And it led me to read just write this down if you're writing notes. If, you, if you're not, take a mental note because you're going to want to read this. In Hebrews 11, just the chapter before, it goes through a list of those cloud of witnesses. It says, Hebrews 11.4, it says, by faith, Abel still speaks. 11.5, Enoch was taken from this life and did not experience death. 7, by faith, Noah built an ark. 8, Abraham obeyed and went to a land that he was called to. And then it went on. It said Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab. 
and Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. There were so many people that the writer in the Hebrews chapter 11 said, I can't, I don't have time to talk about all of them. There's not enough time to tell you about all of the witnesses who came before, all of the people who saw the glory of God manifested in their lives. Even though they might have not been perfect, but God still used them. God still made a way. Is there somebody here that can say that God's still using them? That God can still use them even in their faults, even in their, 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 their hard times? Is there somebody who can say that God can still make a way? These are the people who shut the mouths of lions, whose weaknesses were turned into strength. They became conquerors, but they were those who were also tortured. They were also stoned to death. They were also killed by the sword, but they were commended by their faith. Say faith. One more time, faith. Whether they were named or unnamed, again, he's, they gave all those named, and then he went on to say, and the prophets. So there was others. And they were named and unnamed. But there was lessons learned throughout their lives. And we look at the relationships that they had with God and how their faith grew and what God accomplished in their lives. And not all of them were perfect. Some even sinned. David, the shepherd boy, grew up singing to God, playing instruments to God. And he sinned because of his lust. But God was able to turn that around for something greater. Is there somebody who can say God can turn it around for something greater? We don't have to be perfect. We have to be willing in our faith. We saw how each of those people were redeemed by God to fulfill their destiny. Redemption through their faith and their positions, whether they were kings, generals, Rich, poor, it didn't matter. Their positions, their status didn't matter to God. But there was one in that long list of people in chapter 11 that stood out to me. One, because it had an impact on our lives. It was the person called Rahab. The woman called Rahab. The Canaanite Rahab. As, or as in Hebrews 11.31 calls her, the prostitute Rahab. But we saw in Joshua 2, when we, when, we, when we look back at the story of the walls of Jericho, how God used Rahab to further the mission. And how Rahab put her faith in, into a God to save her family. Even though she wasn't a, a, a person that, that most would look up to, she looked up to God. And that's all she needed. She looked up to God, and that's all she needed. So whatever her situation was inside those walls, he knew that there was something more outside those walls. When you're looking for something more, you got to stop looking from what's within. you got to look for what's without. Sometimes you can't look down, but you got to look up. When you're looking for something, for a solution, God is going to make that way. And when she was in those walls, she put a faith in God to save her family. And when those walls fell, Jake, Rahab from Jericho was transformed. And maybe she was an outsider at the time, and maybe we sometimes see ourselves as that particular person. But even Rahab saw God's hand at work before he even made those walls come down. 
How many people see God's hand at work? Even before you even get a blessing, you can see it coming from a mile away. She told those spies, everybody in here is scared. Everybody knows what's going on with, with, the, with, with the people of Israel. And they're scared of what's going to happen because you know what? Your God is greater. And you know what? I'm going to place my faith in God who is greater. And then her legacy didn't end there. We later see in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 5, when it speaks of the lineage of Jesus. And we see Rahab's name come up again. See, Rahab's purpose didn't end with those walls in Jericho, only to help the spies find out what's going on inside. Rahab's purpose didn't end there. It had a purpose that affected you and I. By faith, God redefined Rahab, meaning he changed her story. He changed it, changed it from what it was to what it is, or what it is to what's be, to become. He redefined her from a fallen woman to a chosen woman, from a prostitute to a bride, from a mess to a mother, from an unknown to an ancestor of the Messiah. Is there somebody whose story is being changed? Did you have a story back then when they said you were a drug addict? Is there somebody whose story was changed when they said you were an alcoholic? Is there somebody whose story was changed who said you were a felon? You were a criminal. You were a nobody. You were poor. You were a destitute. Is there somebody whose story was changed? This is the God we're talking about here. Now, in this lineage, we see that it came to pass that our own salvation came through our, her legacy. Now, this message, don't get me confused, don't get me messed up on here. We're not talking about Rahab. This story, this sermon here is not about Rahab. She's just one of many examples. This story is about the man named Jesus, the son of God, the son of a living God, the one who died on a cross and rose again in three days, the one who sits at the right hand of the father. The story is not about Rahab. So my question to you now is, where does that faith place you? Who or what do you place your faith in today? In the God you serve or the God that changes legacy? See, this is all about what we're seeing. If, if we're not taking something from this and we're not examining ourselves and examining our lives, then you're just wasting your time. But we need to be able to examine ourselves and see what God has for us. Because sometimes our view, our vision of, what, of what's going on around us is a little skewed. Sometimes we may not see things the right way. But we begin to look into the word and begin to, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Then we get a clear picture of what's to come. We stop looking back, but we start looking forward about what's to come. What God has for me today. So when we look out, the, out, out to ourselves and we think we're not good enough, all we need to do is place our faith in the one who designed our track. This is when we get to start the starting line. This is where we, where we get to start running that race that we're talking about. The one whose who's perfect design for you was to be in perfect relationship with him. Our faith puts us at the starting line. Say that with me. Our faith puts us... At the starting line, we just need to step into it and no longer stay on the sidelines watching 
Because there are too many people who are staying on the sidelines watching, wondering what, when it's going to be their turn. You know what? There's, there's nobody that's going to push you into that, that lane. It's, it's, it's not our job to do it. It's, it's, the, the track is right there. The track is already designed. You just have to step into it. We're going to tell you where it is. The Bible's going to tell you how to get there. All you have to do is step up to that starting line. You want to run that race? Where, you pl- where do you place your faith? Make a decision. It's time to tighten up our shoelaces and get ready to run this wraith race by faith. You've got to have the right shoes on if you want to walk by faith and not by sight. You've got to be ready to step into what God has for you. You've got to be ready to step in the word and on the word and wrap yourselves in the word. You've got to get out of the mentality of the little engine that could. Now, the, the little engine that could, I know most of you probably read that book in, in, in grade school, and, and the little engine that could, he was like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. But when you place your faith in a living God, when you, when you begin to create that relationship by faith, it's no longer I think I can. It's I know I can. I know I can. I know I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me for, from this point forward. It's not going to be I think I can, but I know I can. What's holding you back? Now, some people's race going to be a little slower, a little faster. That's okay. When you're on the track, God has his design for you. But a destination is still the same. And here as a church, our goal is the same. It's to honor a living God. It's to glorify a living God. We are a church that moves by faith. We are a church who's ready to step into the word. We are a church that, that's ready to put our faith into action because faith without works is what dead faith without works is what dead faith without works is what so as a church we are ready to spread that good news that gospel that there's a jesus that restores that's a jesus that there's a jesus that saves that there's a jesus that renews because that's what we are as a church it takes each and every one of us is there someone who has crossed that line that starling line? Is there someone who is ready to go? Is there someone who has stepped out in faith? If you're that person in here, raise your hand if you've already started that race. If you're confident that you know where your God has taken you, is going to be taking you, raise your hand because God has something even greater. Accept that. Accept that there is a God who is going to push you into the right direction. Number two, write this down. Take a mental note. Holiness is something else we need to run this race. Now, still in chapter 12, verse 1, is the second portion of this verse. It says, let us throw off anything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. In order to run this race, to run the path that God has set for you, you have to seek holiness. Say it with me. Holiness. Say it one more time. Holiness. To be holy is to be separated, to be consecrated to God. We have to be separated from the sin 
It says you have to be separated from sin that seeks to hinder you or get into the way of your relationship with God. It stops you from moving forward. In this race, sometimes you might leave the track or you veer off course. You're, if that happens, then you lose your standing in the race. So yeah, you stepped out. You said by faith, I'm going to move. But if you allow that sin, if you allow something that does not belong to enter, it will trip you up. It will kick you out of bounds. If you thought you needed to be on the altar, you know what? It's that sin that's going to just push you away. Until you get rid of that sin, you wouldn't be able to do what God has called you to do. You wouldn't be able to move how God told you to move. You wouldn't be able to say what God has told you to say. You become disqualified for the prize at the end of the race. Or sometimes you have to start all over depending on your race. This is what happens when sin entangles your life and it enters into your life. It creates those hurdles that get in the way of progress. Sin entangles. Have you ever tried or pulled a prank on somebody and tied their shoelaces? <laughs> I, judging by those laughs, there's been some people who have done it. You know what? I, I'm not, we're not going to talk about that anymore. But you know what? That's what sin does. It entangles you. It's like tying your own shoelaces. Why would you do that? Why would you go back into it when God took you out of it? If you're trying to run a race, how are you going to move for forward when you're tangling yourself up, when you're allowing sin? It's not, it's, it's not anybody else doing it to you. You're allowing sin to stop you from your forward progress. I know I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You like the way I went up those stairs, right? But you know what? If you allow sin to entangle you that, you just watch everybody pass you by. You watch all your own blessings pass you by. And you're wondering why without looking and fixing what's going on within you. See, Mark... Chapter 9, verses 43 to 47. It says, if your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. If your feet cause you to stumble, cut it off. If your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm sure he wasn't talking, you know, literally, go ahead and cut your own hands off and cut your own feet off. But what they're talking about is there's something that you're doing that, to yourself, that keeps you from the progress that God has for you? Is there something that you're doing that you're allowing in that's keeping you from the progress that God has for you? We need to get rid of anything that takes away from the purpose and the goal. Is there something that maybe you're picking up? Is there a bad habit that you're picking up? Is there a bad relationship that you're holding on to? Is something that you need to cut? It's you need to cut it now because if not, you're not going to move forward. Is there something that you're stepping into? Is there some place that you're going to? Is there something that, 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 that's not of God? Cut it out. Are you plucking out your eyes? Is there something that you're watching? Is there something that you're letting into your spirit? Pluck it out. Is there something in your lifestyle, something more important to you than God? Then it's time to cut it and get rid of it. It says, <laughs> Hebrews 12, verse 14, without holiness, no one will see the Lord. 
Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, you're running this race, but never finish, reach the finish line. You're wasting your time. You'd be running in every which direction except the right one. You might even be running backwards and not even realize it. Once we begin to live our lives as God created us to be, then can we live by the Spirit, which lets us keep in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25. We have to keep in step with the Spirit. He's there right with you on the track, but you need to keep in step with the Spirit. He says, move and you move. He says, move and you move. Go right and go left. He says, move. But we need to keep in step with the Spirit. God will do the rest. God will take you even further than you can imagine. No obstacles, no hurdles, no mountains, no devil in hell will be able to stand in your will. way. All to the glory of God. But we have to live our lives in holiness. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. Living in holiness, living by his word, gives us a clear view of this path that God has set for us. His word and only by his word. Not what by the media is telling you. Not by what, what the, your friends or your family is telling you. Because we have some of those too. But only by his word shall we run this race. So we have faith. Say it with me. Faith. And say holiness. Faith and holiness. Third, now, we're still on Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Now, I looked a, a little bit ahead, and this chapter has 29 verses. So, it's a good thing I'm not going to verse 29, or we'd be here till Tuesday Bible study. So, we're still on verse 1. And it says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Say pers perseverance. One more time, perseverance. Now, perseverance defined persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. Despite the difficulty or delay in achieving success. This too affects us all at some point. When we don't see or get what we want, when we want it. Many never finish because they lose hope, they get tired, they grow weak. In a time where society has gotten used to instant gratification. Where you start something and very soon after there is a reward. I call that the microwave effect. Where you put something in and a minute later, ding, you have what you want. If it takes too long, sometimes we quit. See, this is, this is more than just a simple race. This is a marathon. This is more than a simple race from here to there. It's a marathon. This is a lifelong journey. Many never finish the race because it becomes too difficult or because we lose sight of who we're running to, why we are running to. The first thing that causes us to give up is ourselves. It's in our minds. It's in our hearts. Now, the, the Bible tells us that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So we know the spirit is there, 
but the flesh is what holds you back. It's the way we see what's left behind. If we look at Lot's wife in Genesis 19, when, when, when the angels told them to leave Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot's wife turned around and looked back, she looked back to see what was behind, and that was the end of her race. She couldn't run anymore. We may face fear and doubt. Maybe the battles are too much. Whatever the difficulties might be, we start the race but never finish. Now, if you look around you, there have been people here who have grown up their entire lives in a church. Maybe you're brand new to church, but whatever your situation might be, if you look around you, there might be people that you, you knew to be in church, and you look around you, and there's maybe missing. They're not here. Maybe there was something that, that attracted them more somewhere else. We know those people. There, there's no denying it. There's no sweeping it under the rug. We know there's people who at one point said, yes, I'm going to step on that starting line, but have changed their mind because sin entered into their lives. They could not persevere. They couldn't endure. And their race ended. It's only on pause. For too many, maybe leaving the starting line was difficult enough. Pastor said earlier, the comfort zone. It was that place right where you stepped to the line. But they knew there was going to be an uphill battle, maybe. Or maybe they knew that there was going to be a change. So they stopped. Because it's more comfortable to be on this side of the starting line. If you knew you stayed, then you knew you couldn't see the finish line. So you step out into the race. The race where it takes hard work and dedication. It takes sacrifice. You're going to have to push through that hurt. You're going to have to push through that pain. You're going to have to push through the tiredness and the weakness. Maybe you had a rough week this past week. Maybe you were just having a rough day today. You didn't expect to, to, for something to change. But you know what? You made it into this place. You tuned in on Facebook because you knew God was going to have something for, more for you. Maybe you're listening on podcasts because, you know, you just found that moment where you were just too weak, too tired to to, to move on, but you knew God has something for you, and he does. He does right here. He does right now. He's got a word for you. It's not my own word. He's got a word in the Holy Spirit. He's got a word from the Bible for you. He's got a word that's everlasting and that does, does never come back void. He's got a word that's going to transform and change your situation because you persevered and you made it up to this point to listen. If we look at the greatest runners in the world, some of the greatest runners in the world, marathon winners, Olympic gold medalists, champions, none will ever say that it was ever easy. Maybe they're going to say that it was painful. Their bodies are going to hurt. Maybe they had doubt. They said, how could I even win this race? Do you ask yourself that sometimes? But there's something that a marathon winner, an Olympic gold medalist, a, 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 a champion did not do. 
They did not quit because they endured. They endured because they knew what was at the end. They persevered. And at the end of our race, there is something greater, something greater than any man can give us, something greater that's any, better than any metal, better than any silver, better than any gold that anybody can give us. It's better than any trophy, and it's a crown of life. Uh, glory be to God, it's a crown of life. It's a crown of life that God gives us said blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test that person will receive the crown of life that the lord has promised to those who love them james chapter 1 verse 12 so when you think you're ready to give up he whispers in your ear keep going when you start to grow weary he gives you strength when we need to say as paul said in second corinthians 12:10 for when i am weak then I am strong. Church, it's, it's the power of God that causes you to persevere when things are difficult, when the road is long, when you can see the power of the Almighty God working in our lives. That gives you that second win. It gives you the energy to push forward. It gives you the strength to move on. You know there's something greater than that, than that difficulty that you're having. You know there's something beyond. Isaiah 40, 31. But whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. When you think you're alone in the valley, church, he is right there with you. When you think you're in the desert and, and you're about to pass out, he is right there with you. When you see marathon, marathoners run, when you see marathoners run, and they're running up to the next station, that's about as much you're going to get out of me running in place. When you see marathoners run and they walk up to a station, they hand them a cup of water and they drink that water and they throw the cup on the ground and they move on. And it's a while before they get to the next station. And in the meantime, they're, 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 they're getting tired and they're, they're growing thirsty. Maybe dehydration is setting in. But when we trust in Jesus, when we trust in God, it says, John 4, 14, whoever drinks the water that I will give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to the eternal life. So when you're running in Jesus, when you're running with Jesus, he's, he's constantly running by, beside you. He's giving you that next cup of life. He's giving you that next cup of water. It will never, it will never run out. In fact, it would overflow. You will never thirst again. This is the God we serve when we persevere. You push through. You hear the roar of the cloud, the crowd. You hear the cloud of witnesses that testify to the sacrifice on that cross. And you're reminded that Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, is seated at the right hand of God. And we believe that because of him, we no longer have to suffer the penalty that he endured for you and for me. Jesus endured the shame and the pain of the cross because he saw you and he saw me. His grace was sufficient for us and his power made perfect in our weakness. He tells us to push through. He tells us to endure, to persevere, to shake off that thing that's holding you back, to run to the Father. I tell you right now, run, run as fast as you can. 
Not from the presence, but to the presence. Run, be a glory chaser. Now, I'm not talking about be a glory chaser on, on Facebook. I'm not talking about being a, a, a glory chaser on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok or like pastor would say, tickety-tock. I'm not telling you to be a, that kind of a glory chaser, but I'm telling you to be a glory chaser of the glory of God. Be a chaser of the glory of the God Almighty. Be a chaser of His presence. Be a chaser of the Holy Spirit. Be a chaser of the redemption found at the cross. Be a chaser because he's going to save your family. Because he's going to save your, your marriage. Because he's going to save your soul. Because he's going to save your church. Because he's going to save your children. Because he's going to do all those things that he promised to do. No longer fixing our eyes on our own shortcomings and disappointments. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And in closing, don't give up. Don't give in. Because God, for each and every one of us, has a plan. He has a reward for you at the end. Nothing can compare to what God has for us. And it's to be in his presence forever and ever. To be able to sing holy, 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 say it with me, holy, holy, holy in the presence of an almighty God. How many people here are running to the presence of God in this day? So as we run our race, church, remember those three things. We have to have faith. We have to have holiness. And we need to persevere. If you want to run this race, if you want to see what God has absolutely planned for you, you've got to be on the right track at the right time. You've got to move forward and not move backwards. You've got to trust in the living God. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to dwell within you each and every moment. You've got to meditate on his word. You've got to read the word. You've got to pray on the word. You've got to let him work in your life. So if you're a person that's in here and, and you've yet to make that commitment to start that race, or if you're a person that's watching or listening online right now and you've yet to make that commitment, now is your time. The trumpets could sound at any moment. That race could be over. The flag could wave. The checkered flag could wave. And the race could be over with. But now is your time while you can still step on that starting line. If you want to accept Jesus in your heart, if you've never done it before, now is your time. If you're a person that's listening right now, if you're a person that's listening right now, and maybe you are that person that tied your own shoelaces together and are tripping yourself up. If you've been pushed out of bounds or you're running backwards, now is your time. I want you to say this prayer with me and change your circumstance. Start this race. I want you to repeat it with me. Heavenly Father, I come before you a sinner. I come before you a, a humble and broken person where my sins have tripped me up, where my faith couldn't grow, where I couldn't move forward. God, maybe I didn't persevere in your word. But now, Lord, I ask you to be in my life. Jesus, 
I ask you to indwell of me. Holy Spirit, I ask you to be with me. Jesus, I accept that sacrifice that you made on the cross for me. Change my life. Make me new. Renew my mind, Lord God. Make my faith grow. Instruct me in the ways of holiness and help me persevere in this race. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that is to come. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 If you're a person that, that prayed that prayer today, if you're a person that's, that, that lifted your hands, if you're a person wherever you might be, at home, in your car, listening, if you did that today, we want to hear from you. We Just send us a message through social media, online, email us. We want to be able to celebrate with you. If you're in this place, we celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. We celebrate with you. Welcome to the family because there is so much more greater for you in the presence of God. We love you. And at the end of the service, we want to meet you. We want to get to know you, uh, see where you're from, get to hear your story.